Meet me on the softer side. Meet me on the softer side. Softer side of your heart. Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. We're so very happy to have him here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bo Burnham. Thank you all for coming. Thank you so much. That was called um, Angry Guy Lip Sings to a war song covered by Bette Midler. You got it. Thanks for being here, Skylight Books. Let's get into it. Hashtag Skylight Books. Old media, new media coming together. It doesn't work. This is called Kiss You. Yeah, that's it, boys. I want to kiss you all day. I want to start at dawn. I want our mouths to dry out by breakfast. I want our jaws to start cramping by noon. I want us to question our decision to kiss all day by hour five. I want to have sex really quickly, then seriously stop all this kissing bullshit because you need your personal space, apparently. Women! A lot of cute girls here tonight. Underage girls, sorry. I read that wrong. In my notes. Who's this empty seat? Are we waiting for someone? Cool. You guys can think of questions, I'll be answering questions afterwards. What's the opposite what's the opposite of a sausage fest? Because that's what this is. Here we go. Get some guys there. This is called us. I'll love you till I'm dead on the outside. I'll give you every one of my mortal seconds. I'll never leave your side. I'll die holding your hand. Then I want some me time. Am I right? <laughs> People browsing have no idea what they're 
losing regular customers one poem at a time. This is about um, women's body issues and about the ability to transform and transcend those body issues. Martha was ugly like a shaven baboon, so she wrapped herself up in a curtain cocoon. And after a week, she finally emerged. She smelled like shit. What a psycho. When I was little, I killed ants with a magnifying glass. And now I'm big. And I worry I'm doing the same thing with you. Similar yet different. Pretty much the same. How you guys doing in the back? How old are you? Are you that, is this, you're with your parents? This is going to get awkward, isn't it? That's nice of you to bring her. Very nice. Text away. It's your life. It's your freedom. I don't care. Turn up your smartphones. Let's do it for a change, huh? Woo! Ooh, boys. No one understands me, she said in a timid whisper as she combed her beard. Some of them aren't that important. Touch me back, this is called. Touch me back, you said like a pirate talking to a masseuse. Right away, Captain, I replied, forgetting that you couldn't hear that connection I just made in my head. It's a killer one. A lot of drawings, too, that will not communicate um, audio-ly. You can tell I'm a writer with that word. Let's get some... Uh, Something a little more sensual. Oh, baby. 5.20 p.m. You feel it. This is called... Mm, mm. I like that thing you do with your tongue. What do you call it? Speaking? Yeah, I dig it. What's up, buddy? What's your name? I say thanks for coming, man. Thanks for all of you coming. We're right between social science and foreign language, right? That means something. What a weird tree in the middle of the... Here we go. Ed had a date with a girl that he liked, but she called and she canceled the lunch. At the bi-weekly orgy later that night, Ed pleasured himself by the punch. It's a sad one, Isaiah. It's okay. It's okay to get sad. How's the camera working? What's your name? Can't hear it over this smooth jazz, baby. Why'd I even try? Why would I even want to over this beautiful jazz? They let gay people marry, and I took offense to that. Then my brother got gay married, and I took offense to that. And it's a picture of a guy in a fence, so visual joke. <laughs> Here we go. Keep it coming, guys. This one's called Relax. Same as everything else I played. I don't know why they... Woo! 
You like milk. You like milk. Tasty and versatile. You're like a dog. Loyal and often mistaken. You're like New York. Large and in America. You're like my girlfriend. Female and you're, you're my girlfriend. You're my girlfriend. Okay. Support bookstores, but don't support the big corporate ones. Support this one. Um, I'll be saying the opposite when I'm at Barnes and Noble next week. But appreciate that, and I'll be saying none of that when I'm at, when I'm at the Nook headquarters even later. What else we got here? This is called Fear. The first was acro claustro homo arachnophobic terrified of being trapped in a very small, very high up place with a bunch of gay spiders. The second was avio-curo-glasso-metrophobic, terrified of being forced to read poetry to the clown public on an airplane. The, thir the third was octo onirigmo cathosolutrophobic terrified of having eight consecutive wet dreams while sitting on a pile of otters. The fourth was afraid of snakes. What a pussy! you've given so far. Sit down. This is my reading. Give him a controlled, small, polite, but not overdone hand. Are you serious? Pick one. Thank you, thank you. You tried. Poetry's not for everybody. It's hard. Made the effort. Oh! Um. Come on, Iowa 7. Steve Jobs. Um, I, this next one is, um, it's a, it's a ghost story. And I wrote it sort of influenced by, I had seen a lot of movies where kids would sort of run into ghosts in kids' movies, and they would have very controlled, surprised, yet very calm reactions to ghosts. And I never thought that's how I, as a child, would have reacted to ghosts. So this is it, and it's got some cool music to it. Oh, he came prepared. Two young boys in corduroys were playing with a ball. Two young boys heard one strange noise coming from the hall. The boys stood still, well, still until the door swung open wide. And a ghostly chill and a real ghost, Bill, were heaved the heck inside. The brave boy stood as the brave boy would and said, Hey, listen, Bill. We're here to hear you, not to fear you. Tell us what you will. The other boy wheezed, then sneezed, then seized and vomited on the floor. He shook his brain. He felt insane. Nothing was real anymore. Ghosts are real! They're fucking real! 
He cried and shook and feared, for nature's laws were gone because a ghost had just appeared. And on that night of fear and fright, the brave boy had his thrills, and the other one was fucking done and swallowed 50 pills. Happy endings. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Guys, don't worry. There will be silences in this reading. Don't feel like you have to fill the silences with laughter or applause. I don't want you leaving this reading going, whoa, you know, my hands hurt from clapping, my stomach hurts from laughing. I just want you leaving this reading thinking, oh. <laughs> and we're on our way. You feel it. I just, uh, have you got any questions or something? Um, think about it. Think about them and ask me after. Th uh, questions like, how tall are you? That's a good one. Uh, let's get back into it. Let's get one with called Atmosphere Piano Music. Yes, Atmosphere Piano Music. I think this is part of the Gravity soundtrack. <laughs> Woo! I'm a gargoyle. Stuck, outdated, and pretty fucking weird looking. You're an angel. Free. Immortal. You're pretty fucking weird looking too. Hey, they got the wings. Like your buttons. Cool. I pooed and wiped. The wipe was clean. Twas the closest happy I've ever been. Another sad one, guys. Filming it on the phone. Is the phone working? You got enough battery on it? There's a seat right up here if you want a better view. pages aren't numbered. I thought I was doing this cool abstract thing, like the pages aren't numbered, and now I can't find a fucking poem when I need to find it. So, um... Great. The snow lay gently upon the ground. If this doesn't work, it's your fault, by the way. The snow lay gently upon the ground. The poo lay gently upon the snow. The boy lay gently upon the poo. And the boy made a snow angel. An angel with a white body from heaven's ashes and a brown heart made from his dog's gastrointestinal tract. Anyone else? I love you just the way you are, but you don't see you like I do. You shouldn't try so hard to be perfect. Trust me, perfect should try to be you. Gay. Being Anybody else? to see the picture for this one. Turn your pages to something. Turn your pages to about a thirteenth of the way through. I'm sorry, a three-twenty-sixth. It's called Alfred. You're a bunny, Alfred. Quit all this elephant bullshit. Look at your little bunny ears. Look at your adorable whiskers. Do bunnies, do elephants have little bunny ears? Do they have adorable whiskers? No, they don't. You can't just wake up one day and decide to be an elephant, Alfred. The word doesn't work like that. There are rules, Alfred, and you want to stomp all over them. Get over yourself. It's about image. It's about, yeah. The left or the right? Anteater, blender, butthole. That's what this one's called. Anteater, blender, butthole. These words know what they're doing. What does the blender do? Blend. What does an anteater do? Eat ants. What's a butthole? A hole in your butt. 
carpet, manslaughter, folklore. These words suck. No, not sexy. These words suck. Same track, you don't even notice. What is a carpet? No idea. What is manslaughter? It's actually slaughtering men or women. That's misleading. What is folklore? A bunch of folk doing lore? What the fuck is lore? Absolute nonsense. We need more words like toothpaste. It's paste for your teeth. It's called I Can't Stand Trees. I can't stand trees. They're a bit too theatrical. They act all dramatic, all static, all radical, all, hey, look at me, all, hey, I'm a tree, all, hey, stump boy, do you like what you see? And I reply, no, you limp-limbed lug, you winter leaflet littering bug with towering branches and cowering roots, devouring sunshine and showering fruits. It's a war they want, then a war I'll wage. I'm writing this on paper just to waste a fucking pay. Flower sex. Flower sex. Flower sex. Flex those sexy flower pecs. Good old April shower sex that lasts for half an hour sex. Yeah, flower power her. Devour her. Don't cower, sir. Put the pedal to the metal and powerfully to flower her. Man, the one you don't practice, these ones are a little tough. Pass it back. love poem here. I worry that I'm using you. I worry that I'm using you. My love. My light. My back scratcher. My cooking dick glove. My sapient baby maker. My emotional treadmill. My long-legged suggestion box. My immaculate tissue dispenser. I worry that I'm using you. Classic me. I'll do one more, then we can get to the old uh, questions. I'm gonna end it on my turns, Isaiah. It's a good lesson, though. That's a nice one, though. I'm glad you like that. a word? Can I have a word, please? It can be any word. Just give me a word. We can share all the rest. Just let me have one. It can be anything. I'd take canteen or avid. I'd even settle for timely. But you can't use my word, whatever it is, without asking. Because it's my word. And I'll always let you use it when you ask. Unless, for example, my word is wonderful and you want to use it to describe a movie I haven't seen yet or a movie I saw already and didn't care for. I really want everything. That's my first choice. Flabbergast, it's a close second. Any questions? Uh, yeah, any uh, questions I can answer? Don't, do not. Guys, you only have a certain amount of time. No, thank you all very much. Uh, any questions? Hey. Okay, so when you get heckled on stage, mm. does that bother you or are you just, like, does it? 
she's asking, can people mostly hear what the questions are? We're in a small space. Who are we kidding? Um, it doesn't bother me too much. What bothers me is little is that I would get heckled on stage. Well, no, it does bother me a ton. But it's more that I would get heckled on stage and then like a few of them got posted on YouTube. So like people think that when they come and they heckle me at the show, they're like contributing it to, to it. So someone will heckle and then I will be able to scrape together two minutes of jokes to them so they don't, don't disrupt the show. And then they'll see me after the show and be like, hey, man, I'm the guy that gave you three minutes. I'm like, no, you almost ruined the show. And it was only because I was vaguely well-rested that you didn't. So yeah, heckling's not good. You know, it's theater, so don't, uh, don't do that. But I'm not, I'm not a psycho about it. Uh, any other little questions anyone has? Ew, you guys are a quiet one. You all good? We can just start the signing if you're all good? Yes? Uh, what theater reference do you have? Uh, Something's still going here. That's the sound of it shutting down. Uh, I did theater all my life, sort of in high school and everything. I uh, I was going to go to uh, Tisch at NYU School for Experimental Theater, where it's sort of like a, it's like breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go to like Tish for like, uh, basically it was like a sort of, ex you, want, you want to try to, oh! I was going to go to uh, Tish for experimental theater. I was actually going to go for uh, sound design. And they saw this and, uh, I mean, no, but uh, it's like experimental theater, so it's like breathing exercises and like a spoon visualization where you like pretend to be a spoon for eight hours a day or something. Uh, but yeah, so, I, but I loved, I loved acting and um, yeah, so now I just try to vaguely insert into my stand-up by doing like weird little uh, theater stuff or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, anyone else? Yeah, man. When do you find that your ideas come to you? Uh, not really. I mean, this this book happened because I was working on the show for MTV, Zach Stone, and I was writing it, and uh, basically, like, I'd be getting notes from MTV all day, you know, trying to, like, reform the uh, the drafts or whatever I was doing. So for two hours a day, I would just go to a coffee shop and try to, like, let my mind wander, and I eventually had 600 of these things and then tried to narrow them down to something that was worthy of people's time, because I would look back on some of them being like, what was I thinking, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, with poetry, it's just a nice thing where every page, every poem can kind of be this sort of new world, so I was able to let my mind wander. But with stand-up and stuff, sometimes that is sitting at a piano for eight hours and forcing the ideas to come to me. Uh, but for this in particular, it was literally came from sort of everywhere, a bunch of silly places. Um, anything else? Yeah. See, now you're all, now you have your ideas. Uh, the first thing I noticed when going through this is it really reminded me of Shel Silverstein, mm -hmm. and I also noticed it um, reminded me of uh, rain droppings from George Cohen. I was both of them Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, basically, I grew up on Shel Silverstein, you know, and like, I know like the bad pitch for this book is like Shel Silverstein for adults, but ad but adults love Shel Silverstein, and Shel Silverstein, apart from those kids' books, did like essays on weed and like crazy adult sort of stuff. Um, but basically, I had written these poems. I wanted to have drawings done, but I couldn't draw. Even though I think people are going to give me credit, they're going to think it's a pseudonym because Chance Bones sounds like a fake name, but he's a real dude, and I did not draw these things. But he was basically, um, he uh, was in this movie Sinbin with me. It was this uh, independent movie in Chicago that we did together. And we both acted in it. And uh, he, um, he like hand handed me a drawing at the last day of shooting. It was amazing. But then a year and a half later or whatever when I was working on this book, I uh, started to meet with illustrators. And they were all very talented. But nothing seemed to click with the drawings. And then I sent them to him. And they came back. And they felt so great. And I, li I don't like to think, we didn't say that it's illustrated by him. Because... 
I don't think he's just illustrating my poems. You know, I do think it's a collaborative thing of, of drawings and poems interacting. A lot of my poems were actually illustrating his drawings or whatever, verbalizing his drawings. Uh, so they went both ways. And we have, you know, drawings that aren't related to poems that just sort of stand beside them and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, it was cool. And he's so talented. And I'm, I love people that can uh, think and express themselves visually because I, I have, don't have that skill. It's a whole other part of the brain that I don't have. Anything else? Yes, Isaiah. Yeah, no, you didn't have a question. No. Anyone else? Yeah. Um, when did you start writing your Uh, not really. It was more that I was just realizing that my jokes and my songs were sort of basically becoming sort of poems. That I wrote jokes, I think, vaguely lyrically. It's okay. You don't have to shush a baby. The baby can just, trust me, he takes precedent over whatever this is. Uh, he can express himself. Um, uh, oh, so I was basically, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was backstage doing summer theater writing little songs on, on uh, it was basically I listened to Stephen Lynch and I was like, oh, I want to try this, you know? Um, and, and I, so, yeah, it was about when I was 16, and then it, was, it wasn't until I discovered people like Tim Minchin, who's this Australian uh, comedian. I have his musical shirt on, Matilda, he wrote Matilda. And uh, um, Bill Bailey, who's another British comic, Fly the Concourse, people like that, where I realized that musical comedy actually had a very amazing sort of theatrical end to it that I'd want to pursue. But yeah, I think I started at 16, and again, it doesn't... I, I sometimes feel like the area that I'm in is the area of multi-hyphenates where people sort of like to be like writer, actor, slash, you know, but like a chef wouldn't call themselves like a boiler, slash cutter, slash roaster, slash, and that's what I feel like. I feel like it's a similar thing. It's just, it, it found its way into this different medium with sort of other, but it's, it, it feels in the same sort of silly wheel, wheel, wheelhouse that the other stuff is in. Yeah. yeah with that, um, Zach Stone, you pretty much did everything. Writer, director, I didn't. I didn't direct. No, no. I did, but yeah, I didn't. We had directors come in, but yeah, yeah. But so I was trying to be humble, but it just came across so airy. Like, I, I didn't direct, dude. <laughs> Do you buy MTV Pro? Right. <laughs> um, but then, uh, um, are you finding yourself uh, looking for work? Do you are you looking for just writing work, acting work? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking for whatever, you know what I mean? That's, that's sort of what, uh, in the days that song got canceled, I, I tweeted at a bunch of fast food companies asking for a job, actually, but, um, and a lot of them answered me, and like, seriously, like, uh, some of them were, like, knew what I was doing, or whatever, but Wendy's was, like, um, for local inquiries, like, uh, like, ask your local Wendy's, <laughs> um, but no, for me, what was so amazing about Zach Stone was, you know, collaborating again because stand-up, like the big strength of stand-up is that it's so singular and you don't have to answer to anybody. Um, but for me, having done theater, I did miss feeding off of other people. I feel like I learned a lot from other people. And Zach Stone, it was, yeah, like on paper, something feels like, you know, I'm the head of everything, but it was me learning from so many people. I mean, it was amazing to see. Even, even writing it, I was in a room with eight other people and watching how other ideas come together and how a group of people write together. So for the most part, I just tried to do as kind of as many things as I can while also creating something that's worthy of time, you know, because I know I don't want to force myself into a medium that I feel like I could only get my foot into the door because I have a vague following but have nothing to give, you know. And that was the challenge of this book. I was like, I'm a, you know, that's why I wrote 700 and didn't publish 700 or anything because I was hoping like, oh, I, I know th this came out of an, uh, a self-indulgent time in my life where I was just sitting and letting my mind wander, but when I published it, I wanted it to be, at least in my opinion, a book I would want to read, you know. Uh, yeah. What's the next project that you're working on? 
Um, I'm not sure. Basically, the like the things I've worked on for three years have like all sort of come out in the span of three months. Uh, my Zach Stone came and went. Yeah, this book came, and then uh, this new show, which is the follow-up to my second hour words was words called What, and I just filmed a special in San Francisco, and released for free online in like November or December. Just kind of put it out there. Um, so then it'll be like just kind of staring into the abyss and like hopefully coming up with an idea because that's the sort of what has to happen. You have to just kind of have that moment where you're like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do anything ever again. And then in that struggle, hopefully something else comes out. I worked. I, I have this little high school script that I might want to try to get off the ground or something. But uh, yeah, mostly it's then like in three months it's going to be the terrifying thing of like, do I quit or do I make something? You know. And uh, well, yeah, you know, you got to I got to at least think I'm going to quit in order to make something good. I think you know, you got to be a little scared of something. Uh, anything else? Uh, yes, the tree. Uh, no. Anything? Any, are we gonna? Yes. Uh, how much of your stuff is improv? I know we have to try to just improv. Uh, uh, how she said how much of my stuff is improv, guys. We're just kidding. She said uh, how much of my stuff is improv, and um, I'm sorry. <laughs> How much of my stuff is improv? Uh, yeah, uh, so much of my stuff is an improv. And I would like to try improv, maybe, kind of, but I do think it's sort of, there's a separate world of sketch, sketch improv and stand-up, you know? Or at least what I do, I feel like, it feels like a whole other muscle, something I don't have. I see people who are very talented at improv, and that's just not me. And I need to be very, for me, it feels like I need, I, like this new live show, it took me three years to be able to be funny for an hour on stage. That's what it feels like. It's the idea that I could just go up and sort of wing it every time uh, is um, not as easy. And I'm not fully convinced that it's not half as funny because you're aware of the fact that it's being come up in the moment. But I don't want to start a, uh, a, a comedy turf war or anything. Uh, yeah. What would you, uh, she said, if somebody didn't know me and they met me, what would your first impression of me? Uh, that happens all the time, you know, because for the most part I feel like 99% of people don't know me and that's good. I feel like I feel like I have the f perfect amount of recognizability, which is the only people that know me like me. You know what I mean? We're like legitimately famous people, like everyone knows them and like a small percentage of the people that know them, I like them. So I just hope people think I'm uh, nice and quiet mostly because those are the people that I like the most. I just don't, I don't like loud people and I think I feel, I feel like the center of attention for so much of my time that I, whenever I'm not required to be, I, I like to not be, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, anybody else? Yes. Where did Art is Dead come from? I was just asking where I wrote song Art is Dead, where did that come from? Uh, that, that came from a little bit like, an, it was actually, most of it came from a 19 year old living on suites or an apartment by himself, being like, oh, my life's so hard, you know? Uh, but no, it was a little bit like, Basically, I was realizing that I think I was engaging in a profession that I probably didn't think was the cool, but probably not the most sane thing to do. And I thought, well, if I'm going to move forward, I should at least tell people that I'm aware of the fact that this is uh, pretty silly and stupid. But, th but that song, I think, is also about even the idea of complaining about things and being so, you know, it's like silly that I would even think that, oh, I don't know, this is just a little, little terrifying. Hold oh, on one second, one second. I was just, uh, uh, we'll get to you after you think there's one back there. Uh, I don't know where that song, it's, it's sometimes difficult to know where the things come from, but uh, yeah, maybe trying to be deep, that's where it came from. Is there one back there? I thought there was one back there, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but basically, balancing is sort of like hopping from one to the other, you know, kind of makes me want to go to, you know, I'll, I'll write a little poetry and then I'll get 
that'll make me want to go perform live or write some stand-up, which would make me want to write some music or something. But for me, who I was able to juggle is that I took three years off. You know what I mean? I was getting tweets for two years saying, are you dead? Where are you? You know what I mean? Because like, it seems like the number one sort of requirement of people right now if they're trying to build a career is self-promotion and staying in everyone's face and being completely relevant. I watch people on YouTube, you know, go from like original content creators to thumbnails, you know, with cleavage trying to get AdSense revenue. You know what I mean? I just, I, I, I've never had any interest in being in people's face all the time and staying relevant so it took me through I, I don't feel like I was terribly prolific because it took me three years but uh, yeah I'm just I'm, I'm I think it's I'm okay to just I'm comfortable with disappearing for large periods of time I think so that that sort of helps me um, but yeah juggling all the stuff is more just again it all complements each other it, it, it doing one thing makes me want to do the other thing which makes me want to do the other thing sort of yeah yeah Biff, yeah, Tom Wilson. Uh, don't call him Biff, but <laughs> you might hear that enough. But no, uh, Tom Wilson's amazing. T Tom Wilson played my dad in my show on MTV, and he played Biff in Back to the Future. He's the nicest, nicest guy. Uh, but that show sort of came around. I don't know. I, I really love The British Office. That's like my favorite show ever. That mockumentary. So I kind of wanted to make a mockumentary of my own, and then I vaguely had this idea of a kid becoming famous, and basically sort of at first trying to tell the. I think what the anti-story was of me, because I was worried that that's what people thought I was, that I wanted to desperately become famous and, you know, uh, by any, uh, rather than, I think I have specific passion for something where the end game is sort of some bit of notoriety, which I've always been, like, slightly uh, weary of. But, yeah, you just, you kind of go MTV, MTV, you do a little dance, and they say, um, you'll appeal, and then they put you through the old uh, pig farm. <laughs> Uh, not yet. It's, I'm a little, t I'm a l slightly licking my wounds a little, and I just want to give a bit of time, uh, you know, for people. Again, like, I, I find my face a little annoying, so I just want people to have a break from it <laughs> for a little bit. That's what part of this book was, too. But yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to do it again. Again, the thing is, I made 12 episodes, and that's amazing. You know, some of my favorite shows of all time, like The British Office, only lasted for that long. In America, it feels like you have to do 100 episodes, or, or your show's not a you know, success. But for me, I got to stop the show before I ever got bored of playing the character or anything. So, yeah, if I could make 12 episodes of television every five years, that would be unbelievably amazing. And I'm betting five years will be even cheaper to make, and I could make it on my own or something. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Oh, okay, so I guess we uh, sign these books, and then um, we, uh, you know, die, and God's not real. No, no, and then we, uh, no, uh, God, God could be real. Okay, uh, good night, thank you. Oh, well, I'll see you, see you there. No, this isn't a goodbye, this is just a break. See ya. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.